Welcome to Build Better Brands. I'm Danielle Clark and this show is here to provide insights, techniques and strategies to help you establish a better brand with confidence and clarity. We're on a mission to help as many people as possible start and build stronger brands so they can create happier, healthier lives for themselves and those around them. Today, I am joined by Ed Now. He is a BBC radio presenter and he helps business owners engage more deeply and turn audiences into customers. So welcome to Build Better Brands, Ed. Hi, Danielle. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Thank you so much for jumping on today. Um, we haven't known each other for very long, so actually I'm, I'm going to learn a lot about you during this episode. I might learn something about myself and also you as well, Danielle. You know, it could be good. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously I invited you on today because you you had you have a career, but you've also built your own business um, and are building a brand off the back of that. But that's what this podcast is about, really, for people that want to turn their knowledge, their passion um, into maybe more than a side hustle into a business and just sharing insights into into how you've done that. So mm. thanks for coming on today. That's all right. Um, so tell us about the media insiders <laughs> and uh, what you actually do. So the media insiders, I suppose really it's been going about a year, maybe 18 months at most now. And it kind of came partly because I needed a new career. But secondly, I kind of really felt that there was a need for what we offer as well. So initially, I mean, I've always been a radio presenter. Last 20 years, that's all I've ever done. That's all I've ever thought about, really. But radio has changed so much, especially over the last three, maybe to five years. The whole industry is contracted. The government changed the rules in terms of how much localness was required, how many radio stations there could be. So a lot of them merged together. So when I lost, I mean, I've always done a full time daytime show, either breakfast, the mid morning show or drive. That's what I've always done. Five shows a week over the last 20 years. That's been me. And then that came to an end, as things tend to, because it's contract to contract, so it's never going to be super secure. But when that happens, you just go, oh, I'll get another contract at another radio station. But because I would say the industry shrunk by about 60%, basically overnight, th- those opportunities weren't there. So when my latest contract came to an end, I was like, right, I think this is probably me done in radio then. Okay. Uh, so I sat there, and I don't know if you've ever done this, with a blank piece of paper, going, right, I must have some skills. What am I going to do with them? And how am I going to turn them into something that other people might like, <laughs> which was the panic. Um, fortunately, I got a bit of cover work with the BBC and I'd never worked for the BBC before. And they do radio in quite a different way to how I've been used. And they're a lot more speech-based. And a lot of what they do is based on guests. And working with the BBC, just saw I saw a real opportunity for business owners to get themselves out there. Because I think a lot of business owners, especially SMEs, they always think the media, it's one of those things that only big brands can afford. It costs money to get exposure. That's not something I'm going to be able to do. But it's just not the case. And you think, well, the BBC, I can't advertise on the BBC. You kind of can. It's just how you talk about it. Like all the guests, I, I had this great guest, one of the first guests I had when I did a BBC show, who's a property expert in Nottingham. And she plays the game so masterfully in that you ask her a question and she will answer by saying her website as the start so you'll say look okay 
can you tell me how the property trends are going to be affected over the last 18 months? Funnily enough, I just did a blog about that. It's at propertyexpert.co.uk. And then she'll go on to explain a bit. And she's advertised herself. She's on the BBC, but she's adding value at the same time. So it's not a gratuitous advert. And so from that, I thought, God, there's so much opportunity for business owners who are experts at what they do to become the BBC's go-to expert in their area, in their field, talk about their business and get loads of exposure to thousands, potentially millions of people that they wouldn't normally speak to. So that's kind of where the Media Insiders came from, helping business owners get a media platform. Wow. I I didn't even, like, I'm thinking about what you've just said and going, that's a really good idea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you think so. It's good. (laughs) No, I genuinely do. Because I, I, I mean, I've, I think I've been on the radio once when I was talking, I was being interviewed because I was a, I was a volunteer in Birmingham mm. for um, yeah. a, a group called Millennium Volunteers. Mm. They don't exist anymore. Um, but I'd racked up quite a lot of, lot of hours volunteering and helping businesses and charities and stuff. And they did an interview to obviously push volunteering and, and talk about young people, you know, um, helping out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, an amazing kind of avenue that I think people are are realizing that actually, which is a bit why I do the podcast that when people are listening, they tend to take it in that little bit more. Um, yeah, you've got that. You know, you've got people's attention; they're they're more engaged. Um, and well, I think I think it's personal. true with podcasts, isn't it? Especially that you think about how people listen to podcasts; they quite often listen on their own. It's often they've got headphones so it's really in their ears and it's while they're doing something else but at the same time that message is going in and so cut through is really really high um and you're seeing that especially with podcasts radio is the same as well quite often you'll be listening in the car but it's probably on a car journey where you're the only person in the car because you want some company so you stick the radio on so you've kind of got a captive audience at the moment and it's it's actually really effective to get your message out there but it's about how you do it and how you sell it. And and that's kind of what the Media Insiders does. We started off working with growth hubs, kind of talking to SMEs and saying, look, you might think you can't get in the media, but you can. And here's how you sell yourself. And we kind of created a a media action plan um, right from the, let's work, work out your why. Why do you want media coverage? Who do you want to be speaking to? As a result, who's the right channel or what's the right media channel for you to get to that audience? And then how do you get on that media channel? So let's talk about your press release that you're going to send out there. How do you hook into current events to make yourself not only they want you because of your knowledge, but also because you're of the moment, which is what the media is all about. And then we work from that going, right, you've got your your interview accepted. Let's talk about the questions you should ask when your interview is being set up. So you have as much information as possible when you're going in. So I suppose it's sort of debunking that whole thing of it's going to be terrible or I'm going to say something really stupid. You won't. As long as you prepare, we can lift the curtain back for you, show you actually it's like the Wizard of Oz. You know, you pull back the curtain and you're like, it's just a man working a few sticks and stuff. It's not some big voice of God. It's fine. And so we just walk you through it in terms of the prep you need to put in, preparing, calming yourself down, making, maximizing your opportunity, I guess. And then also the after effects of having done that interview repackaging it so you can put it out on your social channels and then reach even more people and go look what i did isn't it great so yeah it sounds really good so really you're just helping you're really helping um 
businesses to to see the potential in in using radio to to promote themselves but in the right way um so what made you decide to to do this it was again it was that blank piece of paper i went back to that blank piece of paper when i was like okay so literally for the last 20 years i've talked and played songs for a living what skills do I have that actually other people might want? And it came down to storytelling. So much of radio is not only about telling your own story. Like I did a lot of entertainment-based radio, breakfast shows and commercial radio. It's all about connecting with the listener, but talking about really relatable things on a really powerful level. And, you know, it could be that you create an observation, you see something that's happened to you and you go, well, I'm going to talk about that on the radio. Before it gets to the radio, there's loads of stuff that I'll go through to make it a story and a lot of that and i'll be quite honest with you now some of it will be massively embellished and because you have to make it bigger brighter more exciting it could be something really humdrum and i'm not claiming to be anything like peter k but peter k is a brilliant example of this some of the observations he comes up with are stuff that we all do and that's one of the reasons we all find it funny like the famous thing about you know, his biscuits dropped in his brew. No, yeah, me yeah, biscuit. Yeah, it's yeah. happened to us all. We've all been there. But the way he talks about it and makes it, he makes it into something bigger because he's like, no, slow motion, the whole like, it's the, get me a spoon. Yeah. All that. And you're like, he's taking you on a journey. He's making some, made something really boring, something that's happened to all of us. It's a bit of a nightmare when it happens into some massive narrative and that's kind of what my job has always been as a radio presenter and I just thought those storytelling aspects are really powerful and you can learn to be if you're already a good storyteller I can make you a better one if you think I'm not a great storyteller at all I can give you basic techniques to start you off as a really good storyteller and I think that's really good and useful for business because I think so much of business is people by people and a lot of that is connecting through storytelling so we kind of felt this is a really really good thing that I think people need as well yeah I think I totally agree because it's the same with brand I always say to people it's it's person to person it's human to human as much as you are a business a company an entity etc really it's 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 a person that's got to have a conversation with someone else yeah. And listen to their problems, their struggles, and say, actually, this is what we do. This is why we do it. This is why we think it's gonna gonna help you. And here's yeah. examples of of other people we've helped or or other scenarios. And it's it's something that kind of brings us together. In that, everyone I know loves stories. Mm. Like it's kind of ingrained in us as as human beings to to love stories and to want to share them and to get excited about them. I've been been reading a book about, about storytelling and, and having recently um, pitched (laughs) as you know, of course. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I understand how important storytelling is because that's the part that connects you with people and makes you memorable. Mm, Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, have you got have you got a particular story that you you share with people when you're talking about what you do and why? Yeah, well, I suppose really. And it's really interesting what you're saying about stories, because that, that to me was why I love radio in the first place. But I could never quite pinpoint why I love radio, because radio, when I was a teenager, 
I lived in the back end of beyond in Norfolk. Um, we every every journey was 40 minutes from somewhere, you know, oh, how far is it? 40 minutes because you lived literally in the middle of nowhere. So radio and I was living well away from my friends as a result. So radio was a big thing for me and, and listening to the radio on breakfast t- show at the time, late 90s. So it was Chris Evans. It was like some party on the radio and I absolutely loved it and I fell in love with it. But it took me a long time and probably only in the last few years when I've really been a bit more analytical about what I do and, and how I do it. The storytelling aspect is the what why I love it because radio just the the idea that just with someone's voice you can make somebody feel every emotion imaginable you can make people cry you can make them the most joyful they've ever been laughing their heads off so they can't they're almost wetting themselves because it's so funny and I just go that's that's storytelling that's what does that storytelling and I think also going back to growing up and I I wasn't a confident person at all um which a lot of people go don't be ridiculous because i i think i come across as fairly confident now because i've kind of had to um because i wanted to do radio but I, it took me a long time to kind of find my voice really um i played in loads of rugby teams with big personalities growing up and i felt like i was a bit of a wallflower in comparison and i was always very worried about what i was going to say was it going to be something stupid were people going to judge me as a result I, it was so painful sometimes that like physical pain of not being able to get your words out or not being able to speak or just you know melting into the background uh, which was horrible but then getting into radio and pushing myself out of my comfort zone because i wanted to do it so badly um i learned the storytelling techniques that i teach people now and i wouldn't say i'm a naturally good storyteller at all I wouldn't say I'm naturally confident at all, but those techniques have given me not only a technique to be able to tell a story now. So if I go in and I still get nervous, I'm still anxious about situations, but I know that I can deliver information in a way that will be attractive to whoever that audience may be, whether it's one to one or one to many, because I've got my technique to fall back on and go, no, just remember, you've got your storytelling. To, you know, go tell your story to do that. It's going to be fine, and that kind of boosts you a little bit. Going, oh, I've got, I've got like a little comfort blanket here, so I'm going to be okay. It's going to be all right. <laughs> and you know, that's really why I love the idea of giving people those tools because some people feel so powerless in certain situations, and to make them so actually. I'm not saying I'm going to fix everything, and you're going to feel incredible every moment of every day, but. Being able to go, I don't feel powerless now because I know I can tell my story in a really emotive and powerful way that is going to connect with people. I don't have so much to worry about in places where I was anxious. That's how it worked for me. And I hope I can do the same for other people. Is that what gets you excited then about storytelling? The fact that it can take, you know, you, you talk about your own personal experience being this nervous not particularly confident which I find very very hard to believe but I do believe you but but you know it's it's hard to you know to to imagine that transformation mm. so storytelling as you say is giving you that that comfort blanket is that what gets you excited about being able to teach other people to get them into a position where they can be confident and be able to share yeah, definitely. And it started because I do a school's workshop as well around radio and communication. And I mean, I started that before I started the Media Insiders, I guess, really, because I I, I felt so, I, it sounds really weird. I had loads of self-loathing, I think, when I was a teenager. I think probably we all go through that stage. But I didn't feel I ever came out of it when I went into my 20s. Um, and perhaps that was part of why I was so shy 
because there was that thing of going, why would anybody be interested in what I've got to say about anything? I've got nothing valuable. That kind of really damaging self-talk that people do. Um, and in a part of that, I think getting out of that, um, I read a really good book by Paul McKenna uh, about instant confidence. And some of the techniques that he talks about in there are actually really useful storytelling techniques. That whole thing about making positive experiences bigger, brighter, more colorful, like a Hollywood movie. So it's, it's, that's what you remember because i think our brains naturally want us to remember negative things so you don't do it again it, you're protecting the brain is trying to protect you after all but actually he's trying to reverse that training and go let's talk about the really positive moments where you succeeded and make those bigger than they ever were before and the ones that it's not gone well let's turn those into black and white let's make them really small people who've made you feel bad in your life let's let's make them tiny um, you know, rather than seeing this big towering presence, that they've got power over you. They've got nothing because they're really small. They're in black and white now. Um, they're nothing and they're disappearing off into the horizon. And I thought, actually, that's a really interesting storytelling technique that he's and a narrative of switching things around. Um, and I just think storytelling is everywhere and, and getting excited about changing that and doing that in schools with kids is great because I would have loved to have had these techniques when I was growing up because I would have hopefully not felt quite the way I did. And then starting the Media Insiders, bringing that to adults as well, because I know a lot of adults still feel so anxious in social situations or the idea of standing up on stage in front of an audience. And there's more and more of that happening now. People have to do it. So let's try and make it as easy as possible. Totally agree. The other thing I do is I'm a lecturer and the thing that students fear the most is when they tell them, when we tell them it's presentation time yeah, and they've yeah. got to present to us, present yeah. a 10 minute it's they some of them like there's a genuine fear and I don't know I remember when I had to do that in college and mm. I was extremely nervous but I do think something's changed I feel like more and more students more and more young people are becoming even more self-conscious mm. I don't know if it's technology or social media or what they you know, we talked about this comfort blanket. I think a lot of them find their phones and being having having a screen or having something in front of them as a bit of a comfort blanket. When they've got to talk to someone and stand up and be face to face, a lot of them really struggle. So I think what you're you're doing in schools is really, really important. I think that's so true what you say there about the screens. I think they have become a bit of a comfort blanket and people it's a safe space, isn't it? Of going, I can just look at some good stuff on there and, you know, some, a nice video that makes me feel good or whatever. And it's sort of, it is addictive because it, you know, it makes you feel good like any, any good addiction. <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> so I totally get where people are. And I think, you know, just the situation we've all been in for the last three or four years really now with COVID and the pandemic and being locked away, it, you know, I think, I think a lot of confidence and a lot of storytelling is like a muscle and you've got to keep exercising it. Um, some people naturally have a talent towards storytelling to start with. Some people don't, but either way, it's still something you have to keep doing. Um, and it's very easy for that muscle to shrink a little bit. And I think probably that's what's happened universally, uh, especially with people who, you know, are growing, they've grown up during the pandemic and maybe haven't had that social exposure and been used to it perhaps. And now suddenly the world's opening up again and they're feeling a little bit lost. And I, t I totally get it. Yeah, I think it's really important to to 
like I always say to them, like, it's okay if you're, if you're nervous, like it's normal. I still, I have to present in front of the students and sometimes I still get nervous, even though I know mm. and I've prepared and I know my subjects, you just, you just kind of do. Right. But I think being honest about that, they, they go, oh, okay. The tutor gets nervous too. I'm a bit nervous. That's fine. But also creating safe spaces where people can talk like I say to mm. them you're in a safe space now we're yeah. not judging you we're here to help you so that when you you're in a situation where maybe someone's going to be a little bit harsh or critical maybe in a job interview maybe in a pitch you know you're a little bit more prepared <laughs> yeah totally I, and that's I, you know we I say the same thing when I'm when I'm in schools I'm like look you know this is a safe space where you know you're going to start by the end of today you're going to have created a radio advert that you're going to be able to take away promoting your school. You're going to work in teams. We're going to write the script. You're going to perform it. You're going to record it. First of all, let's talk about your audience, who you think is going to be listening. Once you've had a think about that, you're going to come up on stage here at the front of the class. You're going to use this microphone with the PA system and you're going to tell us all about it. But there are no right or wrong answers here. No one's judging you. This is a safe space. We're all just having fun and there's nothing to worry about because, you know, kids shouldn't be worrying about stuff like that there are plenty of other things that they've got to worry about and you know becoming an adult yeah it's a lot it's a lot harsher world so you know let's do the practicing where, where, where we're amongst friends and enjoy that and and make it right so yeah totally agree so it sounds like you're it sounds like things are going well um yeah. where are you well where do you think you are in your business journey at the moment I'm in a funny spot at the moment um, because it's really weird. Um, I never imagined I'd be doing quite as much radio work as I would be doing. And it's almost a little bit like low hanging fruit because people phone me up and they go, we need a week's worth of you covering on BBC Nottingham or BBC Shropshire. And I, I like doing it, don't get me wrong, but I kind of almost go, that's not my long-term future now because there aren't the opportunities. So I'm covering someone's holiday, but they're going to come back from holiday and they're going to carry on doing their job but it does take me away from the business and the business is getting to the stage now where I need to be turning down that radio work. But at the same time, it's so tempting because not only do I like it, but they pay me for it. And it's, you've got to think about that. Haven't you You've got to go, all right, I've got to think about the long-term goal here. What do I actually want? But also short-term every month, I've got to pay my bills. Really easy way of doing that is going, well, someone's offered me a week's worth of work on the radio. Well, I should take that. But for that whole week, because it's quite immersive when I'm doing it, um, like I was on the radio today and it's a four hour show, but I got there, what, two and a half hours before the show. I got there at half seven in the morning. We had a meeting to start with. There was about four or five of us on the meeting. We discussed content for the day. Then we prepped the show, start on air at 10 o'clock, finish at two, have a little bit of a debrief afterwards. If I was on tomorrow, which I'm not, then, you know, we'd then start prepping the next day. So you're probably looking at seven maybe eight hours with traveling and everything as well so then you go right I've really got to work on my business okay where am I going to find that time um and it sort of ends up being a side hustle for the time you're on the radio but it shouldn't be because this this is what I want my life to be and it's frustrating but at the same time I don't know it's it's hard so I mean things things are going all right we're sort of not only we're we doing the media training and getting people on the radio and getting in for people in front of the media but I've started doing a little bit more with the storytelling. So, for example, I'm doing a workshop next week for a, for a company um, who want to be better at creating video for LinkedIn. 
and I've said to them, look, guys, you know, they came to me. I said, I'll do it, but I don't, I, I'm not a sales expert and I'm not a LinkedIn expert by any stretch of the imagination. However, when it comes to storytelling and making captivating narratives on video, I can absolutely help you with that. They were like, yeah, that's what we want. That sounds great. So that's that seems to be going all right as well. Um, I've got a few workshops booked over the next few months, which is nice. Um, sort of different size audiences and all sorts. And that that could be part of the business. But I think it's getting to the stage now where I'm like, okay, you've got to make a choice now. You've got to take the jump. Either cut off the radio completely or I don't know. And you know, yeah. I don't know. It's Do you tough. have those kind of dilemmas? I mean, all the time. And the amount of, because often I'll work with people that are just at the start sometimes or maybe they've mm. been they've been doing it for a couple of years yeah they've been running their own business for a couple of years it's a bit more than a side hustle hustle but they've still got the part-time job mm. and I mean my advice to you is the advice that I give to them is okay have a bit of a a runway so you know three to six months what 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 do you need to cover yeah. What are the essential yeah. things that you've got to got to pay for, right? Yeah. And more often than not, it tends to be less than you think. Mm. Figure that out mm. and then go, right, okay, work on saving that, putting money aside so that you've got your six-month runway. And then once you've got that, as long as still as long as things are still going well with your side hustle, inverted commas that's when you go right this isn't a side hustle anymore I'm going all in and what that will do it'll give you the comfort blanket the safety net that you need so that you don't go saying yes to everything which is so common oh god I'm doing I'm I'm, I'm a yes man you know (laughs) people come and they're like you know do you want to do this yes I do yeah Yeah, I do even if it's something I'm really not sure about but I'll find a way yeah yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. because it's because it's exciting or because it's going to pay the bills or because mm. it's an opportunity. Totally. You know, we're, we're only human and there's naturally this kind of fear of fear of loss, fear of missing out, fear of missing mm. a good, good opportunity. But what I say to people is, okay, yes to something is a no to something else. Yeah. yeah so if the, if the no isn't some, if the, if the yes is something that, you kind of you know deep down in your gut it's not what you really want to do it's not this big hairy audacious goal that you want to achieve then actually you got to start saying no because it's just distracting you and that's what I do and that's what I've have done and two yeah I started my business in September I went Mm. all in solo September um and still going um I (laughs) occasionally do visiting lecturing mm. um but you know that's for a good period of the year that's non-existent um mm. but I love to give back but yeah and and that's what I'd say get your runway sorted and then go go for that goal Ed yeah you're so right it's hard as well because it's been such a big part of my life doing the radio I mean I, I, it was totally like a love affair of it was a hobby that I wanted to turn into my job and I achieved that goal and I've loved it there have been some really rubbish moments, of course, because they're always going to be. But generally, I loved it. And I wasn't I wasn't ready to say goodbye when when it kind of just all came crashing down. And I still haven't really made my peace with saying goodbye. Mm. And I think I think it's more than 
just going, okay, I, kn- I know the business is my future, but there's still part of me that goes, but it might not be. It might not be. Somebody <laughs> somebody might sell off you in a really cracking radio gig and then you could just do the business on the side and guy, then you've got it all, haven't you? Yeah. Um, whereas it's a little voice and that's why I did a little, ooh, um, because <laughs> I know it's not real. And I know, I know in my head, I'm going, come on, you know it. You've been doing this for three years and you haven't got, no one's gone to you going, here's a lovely radio show for you. Um, so work hard on your business and yeah, maybe get at the moment enough of the low hanging fruit to pay your bills. But once you get to that stage, go, I'm not taking any more radio work this month because I'm not, I've got, not got enough time to, to work on my business. So yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's so, it's so common um we all do it I've done it but I think it's just working out your non-negotiables as well so like I'll say I have a limit to how much lecturing I'll do I'll do a maximum of I mean the very very maximum I'll do is two days a week but at the moment I do a day and a half Mm. so I know that the majority of the rest of the week my focus is my business that's good yeah that's a really good rule to have I think that's really strong yeah um so yeah interesting journey at the minute <laughs> it is it is and you know I suppose that's the fun of working for yourself you never quite you can't see how it's going to go like you know if you got some corporate job where you go well if I do this then I'll probably get to the next promotion and I'll do that I mean radio's never been like that because it's like you know we we were talking about this that it's what we do is the creative art I suppose and radio is very much like that as well so actually to a certain level it's subjective like beauty's in the eye of the beholder isn't it really um and and some people bosses I've had previously loved my radio shows and liked what I did a new new boss comes in they go you're actually the worst presenter I've ever heard in my life and that doesn't make them right and it doesn't make the previous boss right or wrong either but it's just people's different tastes um and and that's kind of the thing with creative arts it's it's really hard isn't it to go I don't know where this is going to go but I've got to keep plugging away because part of it is because you love it so much and you really believe in it yeah absolutely absolutely so let's talk a little bit again about media insiders so um at the center obviously we talked about storytelling a lot yeah um storytelling as I say to people is a big part of brand as well you've got to get your story from you know you why your mission and why the world should care about what you do um so what are your quick tips for becoming a better storyteller so a lot of the storytelling that i use um is based on kind of american radio consultancy and they'd come in quite often and do like a boot camp when i was doing radio full time and they'd say guys 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 this is how you tell a story guys 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 um and you'd be like yeah 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 here come the americans but some of this was really good stuff and they were very much like you've got to start with your audience you've got to have a really really clear picture of your audience and it's funny because i say this to, to business owners a lot and they go hang on, you're being really specific with who we're talking to here, but I don't want to be turning work down. If this person doesn't fit my audience profile, then, you know, I can't sell to them. I was like, no, that's not what I'm saying. This is a filter. This is a filter just to help you with your content. Like I go really specific um, and I'll be like, I'll get really narrowed down to like, okay, I'm talking to a lady called Joan. She's divorced. She's 42 years old. She drives a secondhand Audi A3. She goes shopping at Sainsbury's. Uh, she doesn't, she hasn't been in a broad holiday for the last three years, but she quite often gets to the Lake District for a long weekend. And that's the kind of detail I go to. And I'll be like, look, okay, if I'm making a piece of content, will Joan like that? And I think that's, you know, and it's a good question to ask yourself. Does that 
resonate with Joan. So always think about your audience first, but be specific. But I'm not saying don't sell to anybody who's not Joan, because that would be ridiculous. And then think about the structure, structure of your story. Every story has a beginning, middle and end. But this American radio consultant went a bit more specific with that. Really powerful tools of he likes to call the beginning your trigger leading. He likes to call the middle your dazzling detail. He likes to call the end your power out which I think are quite descriptive terms. So trigger leading, it's kind of clickbait to a certain extent. What's going to draw your audience in so they have to hear the rest of the story? We always talked about on the radio going, okay, someone's on a car journey. What story are you going to tell that when they get to their destination, they have to stay in the car an extra time. They have to go, look, I'm, I can see work looking through the window and they're going, why are you sitting in your car? You should be in here working. But I'm going, no, I've got to hear the rest of this story. It's so good. So that's your trigger leading. What are you going to hit them with? And the classic is, and you hear people say this all the time, um, you know, storytellers who naturally don't know why they're great storytellers, but they just do it. They'll come in and go, oh, you won't believe it. Sorry, I'm late. I nearly died on the way here. Or, you know, I'm interested now. I want to know what's going on there. Um, then you get into your, your dazzling detail. And that is where we talk about sort of theatre of the mind. So you want the audience to experience it as you experience it. Like you're, they're seeing the story through your eyes. They're, you know, they can smell it. They can see it, they can feel it, they can touch it, they can hear it, they can taste it. And a lot of that is about the language you use. I think people quite often when they're recounting a story, you go quite functional with your language, but I think you want to be more emotional. So it's asking those questions of going, well, this happened. Yeah, but how did it make you feel when that happened? Attaching emotion can really bring those stories bigger and bring you closer to your audience. But the trouble is when you're telling a story and you hear a lot of people do it, they don't know how they're ending their story and they keep going round in circles and retelling the same part of the story because they've got no way out so if you've already planned and you've got your power out you have a target to aim for so you know when you've done the right bits you can just finish and you can and, and in business or in videos i would say look, that's a really strong strong call to action so that's what you must include as your power out when i'm telling a story well you know you, you see comedians do it all the time that's their punchline you know and i'm not saying you have to be funny if you're not funny but there are loads of examples of how people use power outs um in radio terms quite often you can repeat the trigger leading as your power out and be like so now you know why i'm late because i nearly died and you know that's that's the end of the story yeah. and those are just simple techniques that i think anybody can use and will make you a better storyteller really really quickly Amazing techniques. And I was I was nodding and smiling a lot at the start because when you were talking about this person, this, 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 you know, giving this person a name, mm. worship shops, I think it was Sainsbury's, hasn't been yeah. on holiday for three years, but goes to Lake District. Like when I tell people to look at their avatar for their business, mm. their their target audience, I say let's get really specific and not yeah. just on, you know demographics but also psychographics you know what's mm. what are these person what, what this person what are their you know how would how do you think they'd vote and what kind of newspaper would they read and what do they care about you know do they care about the environment or or not or you know all of those things to really yeah. kind of get under the skin and then and then that I I often get the same reaction like <laughs> should I be well that's surely that's too niche mm. that means that that you know a bloke that goes on holiday six times a year and 
hate select district isn't going to be interesting. It's like, well, no, that's not that's not how it works. No, no. You've got to niche and decide who you're for so that you're really clear on your messaging before you then can can start to, you know, communicate to everyone. I say not everyone, not everyone in your audience is your customer, but you have to exactly. know who your customer is. Totally. And I always take it back to when I was doing a daily radio breakfast show that I was broadcasting to 1.3 million people while I was doing that. Now, not everybody who was listening was called Joan and was 32 and shopped in Sainsbury's. That would be ridiculous. But it's a really good filter. If I'm telling a story, the language I'm using, how I talk about things, what I talk about, does that resonate with Joan? Now, there are going to be lots of other people who also like what I do. Um, You'd hope. Otherwise, you know, it's going to be quite tough. (laughs) (laughs) So from that 1.3 million people, a lot of them are going to go, I still really like what you do. And that's okay. That's all right. And the, the same is true of business that, you know, be specific because having a person in your mind when you're creating content and also it's the power of you, it helps focus the mind on one person. Um, radio is very much a one-to-one medium. I was, when I'm on the radio, I talk about how are you feeling? You know, you hear people who haven't got lots of experience. They'll be like, hello, everybody out there. How are you doing? It's not a mass media. You know, like we talked about at the beginning, people people listen on their own to podcasts. They listen to radio on their own. So let's talk to that one person. And, you know, if you want to give her a name and call her Joan, that's up to you. But if you've got one person in your mind, you're always communicating directly one on one, like you're having a conversation. And that's going to make it so much more powerful. Yeah, totally agree. It's everything we've talked about. It's it's very similar to to branding and building a mm. brand. Yeah. And being personable, as we said at the start, it's human to human. Um, so obviously we're talking about brands and business. What does branding mean to you? See, I think branding always used to mean, right, I need to get my logo right, which you must hear a lot when you yeah. talk about branding. And they're like, but I've got a logo I don't All need. All the one. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. I think it's just about having everything aligned almost. And it's being on message all the time and always projecting your brand in the best possible way. Um, and, and a lot of that was w- what we had to do on the radio. You've got to live and breathe it. Um, you've got to be really have really strong values, have a really strong anchor, a strong why as to why you do what you do. Think about what your core values are, how you react in certain situations and then live and breathe it in every possible way. Um, and to me, that's kind of what branding is now. It's it's all encompassing and it's, it, is, it is your business. That is it. Absolutely. I totally agree. And um, yeah, I do hear people say that a lot about brand and logo. <laughs> but that's do. why and I'm must, here. That's drive you mad. <laughs> you know what? It doesn't because I empathise. <laughs> I get it. I'd like, when you look around, it's, when people think about brand and I always go on about certain brands, uh, you know, like Nike and Apple, you know, mm. what's the first thing? Often it's for logo, it's a visual, but it's because sure. it's so ingrained in our minds that that's their visual representation, that, that mark mm. that we associate brand with that. So, but yeah, I'm just here to help and educate people. So um, I don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> So, Ed, I'd like to do a quick fire round, if that's okay. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. Right, let's get started. So, if you could start a new business tomorrow, what would it be? Oh, my goodness. What would it be? That's that's a big question, isn't it? Wow. Okay, blimey. (laughs) A new business 
tomorrow. Yeah, you've got a limited budget. You can do whatever you want. What would you start? I think I'd start a podcasting business. Okay. I'd literally, I'd produce people's podcasts because I think that's such a growing market. And I think, again, it's one of those things. I mean, you've got your own podcast now and I think so many people feel they should have their own podcast. It's a bit like social media was a few years ago. People feel they should be doing it, but they have no idea where to start. Um, And it's actually, you know, once you get into it, you can do it. You absolutely can do it. But I think people just need a bit of guidance. And I think a lot of the broadcast stuff that I do in terms of storytelling, in terms of putting quality audio together, you can create good podcasts from that. So, yeah, I think I'd like to help people create podcasts. Okay. What is one thing you wish you enjoyed more? Admin? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Do you know, when I I got into business, I thought, oh, 80% of my time I'll be doing all the fun stuff that I really like. Um, and 20% of the time I'll be doing the admin and the boring bits. It's the no. other way around, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, what never fails to make you laugh? Well, what never fails to make me laugh? Probably my children, to be honest. Um, they're just hilarious. They're at funny ages. They're at, they're, I've got two lads, seven and four, and just turns of phrase that they come out with, surprising things. Um, and, you know, a lot of what they're about you know they're my why for a lot of things um and it's a good reminder when you're having a bit of a rubbish day i'm going to go and spend a bit of time with them and it just simplifies life a little bit makes you go ah life is good and and they make you laugh and they just cheer you up five minutes with them and i feel pretty happy so yeah that's it oh that's lovely um what's your favorite way to work out <laughs> well, we we obviously share a personal trainer, so yes. you know I should obviously say James Bacon, the <laughs> Body Six Coach, is my favourite way to work out. So I mean, you, you've been to the Strongman Gym where he is, and I love all that. I think it's yeah. really fun. Um, yeah. I mean, I used to play professional rugby before I got into radio, and I'd spend five days a week at the gym, um, at least you know half a day there, and then I'd be out on the pitch in the afternoon doing skills and and that made a lot of sense to me because I was like the stronger and fitter I get the better I am at rugby and when I stopped playing rugby when I did my knee and I couldn't be a professional anymore um and got into radio being healthy just didn't I mean it's stupid but it didn't have enough of a kick for me I was like oh yeah okay I could be healthier I could look better yeah whatever um (laughs) but where James has kind of reset me a little bit and and finding it fun again going let's lift some atlas stones let's pull a truck or lift a car (laughs) I'm like yeah I'm on board this sounds great so I love that it's cool it's good awesome if you were to write a book what would it be about wow okay I'd like to write a murder mystery book um based um where i grew up so i grew up in north norfolk so on the beaches and it'll be based in winter on a really desolate windswept beach and it would probably start with somebody digging in the sand and finding something grotesque and then we'd work from there i reckon that could be it yeah that's the story (laughs) you've got me there's that there's that hook he's got me it's working (laughs) good i'm glad i'm glad (laughs) And finally, what's your favourite brand and why? Favourite brand? I just, I mean, I think you mentioned it already that Nike would just do it. The simplicity of that brand, the beauty of it as well, just that tick. And, you know, you see it in any context and you know what it is straight away. Um, and it, I, I love the ethos of just do it. Um, sometimes it's not always as simple as that. But I think where they're coming from with exercise it is. It's just do it. Just start. Just get out there. Let's just get on with it. And yeah, 
I just think it's just so perfectly the simplicity of it and the message so just perfect and it gets me every time I love it yeah I agree I'm a big Nike fan yeah 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 totally wow thank you so much for coming on today and talking to me I feel like I've just I've talked at you I feel like I've just talked do you know (laughs) that's the point (laughs) just it's whether or not I'm interesting or not so hopefully I have been slightly interesting (laughs) you absolutely have been and this media insiders I think it's really interesting um so for well, for you. those listening, where can people find out about Media Insiders and what a bit more about what you do, Ed? I don't know if anyone's heard of, of the internet, but we've got this thing on the internet. It's called um, a website. It's really cool. Uh, so do you know, remember how you used to put to go? So it's HTTP colon yeah. forward slash. <laughs> <laughs> Love all that. Um, so Media Insiders insiders.co.uk the media insiders.co.uk is the place to find us you can read all about me my business partner ben a little bit on our backstory as well the kind of things we do i mean like i say the essence of what we do is is storytelling but that is in every element not just of business but of life so you know i wouldn't claim to be an expert at linkedin but i can do a, a course on how you can tell better stories through LinkedIn and create that content. And that's true of any channel you care to mention. And that's what we're about. But I'm all up for the chat, as I've demonstrated probably more than enough today. No, uh, not I'm up at for all. chat. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know. And I, I can, you know, I can vouch for that because you helped me prepare for my pitch last week when I was pitching for investment. And yeah, it was extremely useful. So thanks I'm glad. for that, Ed. I'm glad. No, so if anybody ever just wants to talk, just to kind of clarify stuff in their mind i'm i'm always up for it to give a bit of my time so yeah because as you as you can tell i like to talk it's good yeah so do i that's why i've got a podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> my own personal platform i can talk as much as i want yeah <laughs> awesome oh thank you so much for joining us today Ed. appreciate it no problem anytime it's been lovely talking to you Thank you for listening to Build Better Brands. I am so grateful to have you tuning into the show and I'd love to thank you personally. So wherever you are in the world, remember to tag at Danielle Clark Creative in your social media posts and stories. Let us know when you're listening. You want to know what you've enjoyed about the show and give you a show tone. And if you would like to help more people like you discover the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. It's going to help us rank higher and reach more listeners. It's also a great way for us to help you with the problems your brand might be facing. Suggest a topic in your review and we might feature it and you in one of our episodes. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.